0: Welcome to Knowledgeable Aging. I'm your host, Jason Kotar. Joining us today to talk about the future of healthy living for older adults is Jake Rothstein. Jake has experience founding, funding, building, scaling, and managing successful global organizations and teams. Currently, he is the founder and CEO of Upside Home, whose mission is to enhance the quality of life for older adults everywhere. How are you doing today, Jake? Hey, Jason, how are you? I'm doing great. Good, well, thank you. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Uh, Before we get started, Jake, Uh, for those that are joining us live um, go ahead if you have any questions type your questions in time permitting we will do everything in our power to get those questions answered Uh, so Jake I'd like to get started as as you know everybody ages differently so why does senior living have to be a one-size-fits-all approach sure so it's a great question
1: Uh, and we believe that it doesn't so traditionally senior living has been really institutionalized in facility-based environments and what we say is People age differently. Everyone ages differently. You can talk to a 90-year-old person that runs marathons and a 65-year-old person that might be a type 2 diabetic that has mobility issues or or cognitive issues. Uh, And so what we say is everyone is an individual. Everyone's going to age as an individual. Why should you have to go into a facility type of environment that caters to a very specific set of types of people uh, with the same types of activities and the same types of meals and the same types of uh, events and programming? when? Today, technology has allowed us and technology-enabled services have allowed us to really expand and customize the offering to people on a very individualized basis. So what we say is, you know, we, we sort of coined this term individualized aging, and uh, and we've back-ended that to coordinating services and and support and assistance to people as they need it, uh, and as,
0: not as a one-size-fits-all type of solution. Yeah. So I want to talk about why loneliness is different from isolation, social, isol- social isolation, and kind of how can we tackle both of those, Jake? Sure. So social isolation is a, is
1: sort of a, is a fact. I mean, people can be isolated if you're if you're in certainly in COVID times, we're seeing lots of people right. that are physically, socially isolated. Loneliness is is sort of uh, what happens as a result of social isolation, and you can be lonely even if you're in a room full of people. And so what we're seeing though is a real pattern between this heavy amount of social isolation that's happening in society specifically among seniors uh, and then that leading into this loneliness epidemic. There's more and more people that are socially isolated and as a result, there's more and more people that are lonely. And so one of the things that we're trying to tackle at Upside Home is this idea of reducing social isolation and and decreasing instances of loneliness among, among older adults. And we're doing that by pairing people based on compatibility, not based on age, Uh, and then providing them this layer of services, all accessed through a single point of contact. Because everyone, as everyone ages differently, they also have different abilities with interacting with technology. And so what we said is, let's put a human interaction, a human face to all the different services and activities and events and things that they might need uh, and let that team, we call it a home management team, let that team access and coordinate all those services for you uh, and sort of customize and individualize that experience. Yeah.
0: Can you talk a little bit about the concern or the looming housing affordability crisis? Yeah, I think it's
1: it's more than just looming. I think we're in it. I think we're in the thick okay. of it. We're seeing it today, even uh, with real estate prices in, in certain markets skyrocketing. You know, people are leaving the cities; they're flocking to the suburbs because of COVID. You know, that might have been a trend. Uh, t- markets are cyclical, and and housing affordability, specifically as you get into the older ages. Um, people have or they're living longer than they thought they would uh, they're saving less than they thought they would just because of out of necessity They have to live and you know people are not fixed income. So The older you get for many people a lot of the people that we talk to affordability is a really major problem and Specifically if you're not working anymore, you're living on a fixed Social Security type of income Maybe you have some supplement from a the sale of a house or something like that um, You know, it's it's very hard. It's very hard the cost of everything has gone up uh, and so we're aiming to tackle sort of this idea of loneliness, but also uh, by pairing people based on compatibility into a single shared unit, uh, we're helping to tackle housing affordability as well. We're splitting the cost, the two people splitting the cost of a, of a home or an apartment is certainly more cost effective than um, living in an apartment by yourself and paying for it all yourself as well.
0: Right. Jake, can you talk about the, the changing needs and tastes of today's uh, older adults?
1: Yeah. So today's older adults are different than the older adults of 20 or 30 or 40 years ago. Things are changing. People are more, we're in the modern era, right? We think we're we're always in the modern era as we progress, but um, technology adoption is certainly heavy. And we've seen this with COVID. This has been accelerated, certainly in the 55 plus uh, demographic. People are learning how to use Zoom and people are learning how to do virtual meetings with their friends. And even at the, I just recently taught my 87 year old grandmother how to use Zoom, which is um, which was crazy, uh, you know we didn't think that we would be able to teach her and she figured it out and, you know half the, her face was always cut off on the camera, but she figured it out for the most part uh, nice. and so technology adoption is is happening uh quicker than I think we thought it would um, but yeah, you know it's really important to to think about the the group of fifty five plus people as uh, as individuals we can't lump that society has always lumped this demographic into one oh these are older adults or these are old people or these are it's not like that anymore, and so people are their change their tastes are changing as a result of their access to technology and their access to information and their access to um, health and and longevity people are living longer they're living healthier uh, and so that means their needs change they want to be more active they want to travel more they want to go out to dinner more they want to do things that maybe the older adults of thirty years ago or fifty years ago couldn't physically potentially do uh, and so. That's been a really interesting learning for us. You know, I think that the industry as a whole has has grouped and segmented older adults for a long time. And we're saying we don't want to do that versus it's you know it's different and tastes are changing. And, and another point on that is a lot of the the boomer generation, right? That people that are 65 today, as an example, in, in the median. Uh, they put their parents into institutionalized, facility-based settings, and they saw the difficulties and the challenges with it. And listen, there's a there's a place in society, there certainly is, with facility-based living. For someone that needs full-time assistance or uh, with ADLs or with cognitive uh, the, the parent, you know, disability, there's always going to be a room for assisted living and memory care types of facilities. What we're saying is we want to help the people that are maybe at the very early end of starting to think about how they age and caring for themselves and making sure that their families are not going to be burdened with their aging as they go on the you know go along the aging journey, um, we're focused on on helping those people, and so it's really you know there's a there's a lot there from the time that a person might move their kids off to college, to the time that they might need full time care or assistance or uh, or potentially more. There's like a 20 or 30 year gap because people are living right. longer, and so there's really not a lot of good options in that in that gap, and that's that's where we're targeting it with Upside Home.
0: Yeah, I want to talk about aging in place, Jake. I mean, you read the statistics, and they'll tell you that you know 80, 90 percent of people want to age in place, but I mean, truth be told, Jake, sometimes it's not realistic, is it? No, many times it's
1: not. So everyone wants to age in place, right? There's right. No, I think there's very few people that say they really want to go into a facility based environment. Um, But the reality sets in pretty quickly when you break a hip or you fall because uh, of a furled up rug or you uh, have some cognitive impairments that are too much of a burden to put on your family. So it's usually a trigger event. What we're seeing is that there's always a trigger event or typically a trigger event that causes people to say, well, yes, I'd love to age in place, but this is just not really realistic for me anymore. It's the death of a spouse or... Um, you know, the shortage of cash to keep your, you know, to keep your lifestyle afloat. The debilitation of a house. I mean, at some point your house starts falling apart and it becomes very difficult to take care of from a cost perspective, from a management and coordination perspective, you got to hire the lawn guy and the pool guy and the roof guy and all these different, um, service providers that help keep a house in good order. And so what we're saying is you don't have to do that. You can age in place but you can age in place in a completely fully managed type of environment so that it's turnkey. You can just leave when you want, you can come in when you want, all the maintenance is included, all the electric and, and utilities are all built in one place. Uh, just really simplifying the experience uh, for yourself and for that, for, you know, a lot of people come to us because they're parents or they wanna simplify this process for their parents. So the, the adult children are coming to us with these types of requests or requirements. And I need an extra set of eyeballs on my mom as she ages. I don't want to have to deal with her house because she's really not quite able to do all this stuff anymore, and we just want something that's a little bit, uh, that's more affordable. I'd like my mom to have company because she's alone. Dad passed away a while ago, and I'm worried about her not, you know, not being with other people or having a lot of social interaction, so these are all the things that we're trying to solve. There's a lot of challenges uh, as Mm -hmm. we get older, Um, but what we're trying to do is really sort of put a, a... safety net around the entire process of aging, and that's, you know, that's what we're doing from beginning to end, really.
0: Yeah. So, Jake, I'm going to put you on the spot. I'd like to look in your crystal ball. Um, where do you see the future of senior living going? Sure.
1: So, like I said, I think that there's always going to be a place for traditional senior living. There's going to right. be people that need assistance. There's going to be people that need cognitive uh, care and, and assistance around cognitive impairments. Um, but in terms of the future of what senior living looks like, I think it's going to be individualized. I think this idea of individualization, why you age is really, really important. And I think that as, like I said before, as people in the aging demographic today, people that are 55 to 75 have experienced the things that they've experienced with their own parents. They're putting their own parents into facility types of environments. They've seen how expensive they are. They've seen how they're a lot of times one size fits all solutions. Uh, You know, it used to be you retired at 65 and you only lived till 70. And so you had this five years of decreasing mobility and decreasing cognitive ability and and, you know, decreasing cash to live on. And so that was an interesting solution. And it worked for for those, you know, in those days. But now you might retire at 65 or 70 and you might live till 90 or 100. Uh, I I heard an interesting statistic the other day that half of the people born today are going to live to 100. So, we're living longer, uh, and in many cases, we're living healthier. Sometimes you know, modern medicine is able, is able to keep people alive for longer. Uh, and so, we want to create this environment that's going to be almost like a second phase of life, as opposed to a declining phase of life. This is like a phase two. This is a second chapter where you can still be active, where you don't have to manage as much stuff as you had to manage before, or where uh, you can live affordably, you can live with friends, you can live with people that you might meet, you can have access to lifelong learning opportunities. You can take a college course. these are things that we're providing to our residents that a lot of times they didn't even know were accessible to them. And so one of the things that our team focuses on and our home management team specifically focuses on is really building relationships with our residents in order to understand what the desires that they have at this phase of life. Like, do you wanna learn how to make a really great lasagna? Great, well, there's a cooking class going on, an Italian cooking class going on in the neighborhood. We're gonna get you to and from it safely um, we're gonna it's gonna be on your single bill at the end of the month you don't have to worry about it so like things like that that can really enhance and enrich your life as you get older that you that existed always but you didn't always know that they existed uh, so we're here to help make you aware of those things and so I think your question was about the future of uh, of senior living right I think that the the answer to that is there's, I could go on for, for a few hours on the answer to that I think but the first things that come to mind are that it's going to be this individualized experience. Everyone will age differently and there needs to be support infrastructure to to sort of follow people along that aging journey as they age. And I think that's possible with technology. It's possible with, um, you know, efficiencies that technology drives. Like 10 years ago, what we're doing wouldn't have been possible because there was no Uber and there was no Instacart. And it was really hard to get services on demand uh, as people needed them. But today those things are really accessible and they're nationally available globally available really
0: yeah so when you think when you talk about your 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 term individualized aging which you've just gone into i assume this is going to evolve as well jake right because as you said technologies that weren't around 10 years ago will will be around in 10 years so what you're kind of saying is with with what you do and the way senior living is going it's going to continually evolve
1: that's absolutely right, uh, so we we see we've seen technology evolve over the course of our lifetimes really quickly I and mean, and the evolution is accelerating it feels like um, and as a result you know like I said, the seniors of today are different than the seniors of twenty years ago um, the sixty five year old today is really adept at using their iPhone or Android device, but you know ten years ago nobody had a cell phone or twenty years ago nobody had a cell phone so they're gonna be a lot more technologically savvy in five or 10 years than they are today, which really opens the door for a tremendous amount of opportunities to make their lives better. Uh, because you and I both know that technology has an ability to really improve the quality of people's lives. It has, the, you know, there's some negative impacts that technology has. The, being non-face-to-face in a meeting like we're doing now is there's certainly things lost Um, But there's also a lot to be gained. And so I think that as technology improves, as older adults ability to utilize and interact with technology improves, there is so much opportunity for a transformation in the way we think about senior living and aging and, and really all of it. And it needs to be an
0: integral part of, of how we think about it. Yeah. So you you had talked about studies that show that we are living longer. When I, and I and imagine the concern for a lot of individuals is how can I afford right, Jake? How can I afford to 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 be able to pay my bills and to live comfortably if I am able to to reach 90 or 100 years old?
1: Yeah, it's really a challenge uh, because people are finding themselves sort of surprised. Like, well, I thought I was going to be done by 75 and here I am at 90 and it's like, okay, well, I didn't plan for this or my 401k didn't last me as long as I thought it might. And so we want to be there for people that wind up in that situation uh, because it's happening to more and more people not by any fault of their own, but just because this is the way the world goes. And so we want to make sure that there's some sort of safety net, right? The other thing to that is that um a lot of people think that they don't you know that that, that, that there's not opportunities to work uh, once you get to 65 or 70. but the reality is is that given the modern economy given the gig economy given all these potential opportunities working for money or working for little money that can really help supplement someone's income and so one of the things that we're thinking about is how to build this retirement 2.0 infrastructure into everything that we do so if someone wants an opportunity to work a few hours a week on the side to help supplement their social security income or the income from the sale of their house. We wanna be able to provide them that option and that path to that. If there's uh, a course on learning Excel for a 65 year old person that never had any interaction with Excel, uh, they can come to us, our home manager, and we can set them up with a free course on how to learn Excel. So things like that, that enable access to learning opportunities, but also potentially working opportunities, uh, can really help close the gap uh, in the in sort of the area where people might have found themselves without en- enough money to live the rest of their life comfortably. And uh, that, in conjunction with pairing people in in apartments or in communities, um, can really help prolong their financial well-being. We think.
0: When is the ideal time in your mind, Jake, for somebody to be speaking with you? Whether it's the actual the 55, you know, year old individual and or a family member that's a little bit younger that says. Hey, I need to start thinking about these things for my, for my parent as they get older.
1: It's a good question. And I, it's hard for me to give you a really concrete answer on that because everyone ages differently. So we see people that are 90 that come to us on their own because they're planners and they're like, well, my health is starting to decline. I feel it physically. I don't want to burden my kids. My kids are already in their seventies. I don't really want to burden them. I'm totally with it. I'm fine. I've got this amount of money to live. Um, can you help me out? I want to just try and eliminate any potential future burden that I'm going to put on my family. So there's people like that. And then there's people like we had a 57 year old person reach out to us the other day, uh, that just wants to live with a roommate and they want to be able to have access to housekeeping every two weeks easily without having to deal with anything. And they want a fully furnished common area, uh, common areas of their apartment. and so. Everyone comes to us for sort of different reasons there's certainly trends in the reasons that uh, that people find what we 're offering really interesting, but there is no real ideal time. I think the ideal time is probably before you know to, there's no age I should say to put on the ideal time. The ideal time is uh, relative to the person, and I would say that it should be before people should start thinking before they really need assistance and care and extra help with grocery shopping or cooking or cleaning. Uh, or bill management or whatever it might be give yourself a little bit of a buffer and start planning a little bit of ahead, so that you don't have to scramble when god forbid you break a hip and fall or you slip in the shower god forbid like there's all these different little triggers that are not little when you know you're getting older uh, and they can cause a lot of burden and, and stress on the family and yeah, so it's, it, yeah. yeah there's no and there is no ideal number i would say
0: Gotcha. So what you're talking about, Jake, is so true in society. Um, A lot of times we're reactionary. We're not actually thinking proactively. And so, you know, somebody coming to you when they're in kind of a bind is not ideal for, you know, somebody that's looking for a roommate or or something like that. It's like you said, you got to start thinking ahead.
1: Yeah, and it's one of the reasons like we really market uh, ourselves to the younger, to a much younger audience, people that might have parents that could really benefit from our solution, but also people that might really be able to benefit from our solution themselves. And so, you know, in in building the brand and then building this business, we're really trying to create an aspirational type of living situation where a 55 year old could picture themselves in this type of environment and be really happy and, and excited about it because they could meet new friends and go to happy hours that we sponsor and. Do all of these really great things. Um, but that also an 85 year old that might have some limited mobility issues or that might have, you know, some need, some extra needs than the 55 year old might have. But they could also picture themselves in a, you know, in an environment that we're offering. And so there's a really interesting and nice thing about being able to bridge generations together, uh, and offer a customized experience to them, but sort of under the same umbrella.
0: Can you talk about roommates? I know we talked a little bit about social isolation and loneliness. With what you guys are doing at Upside Home, talk about the value of just being with people.
1: Yeah, you know, one of the things that we think about and talk to our customers about all the time is we've already been living with roommates for a lot, a long time in our lives. By the time you get to 75 years old, for the most part, you know, you grew up in a house with a family, potentially, likely, with parents at least. Um, and then you moved. Maybe you went to college, and you had a roommate in your dorm or in your apartment. And then maybe you graduated college, and you had a significant other that you might have lived with. And then maybe that significant other passes away, and now you're on your. You're finding yourself sort of alone for the first time in your whole life at 75 years old. So when people come to us and they're like, "Well, we really don't want a roommate. Like, we never even thought about that. But we really don't want a roommate. I've never had a roommate before." We go, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa." You've had a roommate your whole life, likely. Why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got here? Uh, And what we learn is that really, we've always been figuring out how to live with other people. And there's a really a lot of beauty in that. If you can get that match right, and we're working really hard to get it right on every time, every time. We we have a whole process and algorithm and technology that helps us do that. Uh, But there's also a tremendous human element to that. We make sure people meet each other in person and on Zoom today. Uh, because of COVID, but we make sure people really have a solid uh, grasp on the other person before we actually put them together. And we also give them a really easy way out if it doesn't work out, um, which we, you know, hope that doesn't happen, but it it, it inevitably will happen. Um, So, you know, this idea of roommates, I think there's a stigma around it initially, just like there was a stigma with the idea of Airbnb before Airbnb became what it is, you know, sleeping on someone else's dirty couch, like nobody wants to do that, but this is Airbnb. It's not, it's not going to be like that. This is a global world-class brand. So I think that there's a, you know, there's a selling aspect there that we have to reframe what that means. What what does living with a roommate mean? Because it can truly be magical, you know, living with a person that's compatible with you, that likes the same things and that, you know, enjoys the same types of conversation. uh, And is in a similar stage of life to you. There's tremendous value. There's really, really tremendous value there.
0: Can you talk a little about how, with what you're seeing, being in the senior living space, what has COVID done for, you know, for your industry?
1: Sure, yeah, so, you know, I I hesitate to compare ourselves to traditional senior living to facility-based living. We are, you know, we utilize existing apartment infrastructure sort of um, inherently intergenerational communities. They're communities that you or I would live in or could live in, Um, and so, you know, We've taken a lot of precautions and we continue to take a lot of precautions uh, regarding COVID and making sure we have all the PPE and that our tours are are really safe and that everyone's wearing everything that they need to wear and signing the documents that they need to sign for liability and all the things that go around with the legal aspects of that as well. But what's been interesting for us is that there's been a real uh, push in people searching for alternatives uh, to traditional senior living as a result of COVID. You know, you hear the headlines, you hear the news. You see people coming out of these places, you know, the way they talk about living in a facility with the restrictions and listen, those restrictions are really important and the, the facilities have no choice but to do them, to keep people healthy and they're doing the right things. Uh, and they, they should be given a lot of credit for the, for the things that they have done and have improved upon as we've sort of evolved through this, this era of, of weirdness. Um, but there, but doesn't change the fact that people are looking for alternatives, specifically the younger, you know, the younger segment of the population, like I said, that we're, we're sort of targeting. Um, so yeah, so it's been really interesting to see the increase in our pipeline and the increase in interest uh, for our type of solution as a result of COVID. So there's a lot of precautions, um, but you know, the interest is, is really,
0: really tremendous. I want to stay with the alternative housing. Obviously, you guys are a little bit different. We'll get into that in just a few. But why do you think there's such an interest in alternative housing? Is, is I'm just curious. Yeah, I mean, it's a good
1: question. I think that people are social creatures. I think they ultimately they want to not be alone. Some people will admit to us that they're lonely. Some people won't. Um, but I think the majority of people at some stage of their life sort of suffer with loneliness and, and the things that go along with that. Uh, loneliness is like equivalent to, according to Harvard studies, uh, loneliness is equivalent to smoking 15 cigarettes a day. So on on health, so there's real dangers to it as well. So I think people are starting to recognize that there's being a light a light has been shown on it because of COVID and because of other things. But this idea of alternative housing, right? I, I think there's um, there's a need for it. I think the, today's generation is more adventurous than maybe than yesterday's generation. They're finding themselves single uh, at later later in life more than the previous generation, divorce rates are higher than in the previous generation. Um, They've seen their children go to college and experience all these interesting uh, living situations, right? They've seen what's going on in the co-living industry for millennials and for younger people. Uh, And it's almost like they want a piece of the fun and they want a piece of the action. And so going and thinking about traditional senior living in the way we've thought about it for the last 50 or a hundred years, it's really, it's not even a hundred years old, but the way we thought about it in recent times, it's just evolving. It just feels like, and there was that, that evolution had begun before COVID. It's accelerated as a result of COVID, but we have, there's people who have an adventurous, uh, an adventurous spirit. And I think that we want to allow them to live, you know, through that adventurous spirit and provide them an individualized experience based on that. And if it means that they really like live music and Billy Joel's coming to town, We want to get them to know about that concert. We're going to get them to and from it. And, you know, this idea of curated services and curated events, it's really hard for a facility-based environment to do that. Uh, And so because we're flexible, because we utilize so much technology, because we're really uh, keenly aware of the type of person that lives with us and we really understand their wants and needs and likes and desires, we can cater to them really, really, uh, really, like acutely, if that's the right word for it, but, you know, really, really specifically. And that... Can improve their quality of life and extend their life even
0: so talk to me about about your company upside H, uh, upside home as far as the curated services, the individualized aging as far as and and your role in this uh this alternative housing space
1: yeah, so it's we're, we we want to provide a package right we want to be a package one stop shop for all the things that you might need as you age
0: and uh, so a fifty five year
1: old that comes with us comes and lives with us. Doesn't have a lot of the needs, the necessities for, you know, grocery shopping help and accompany transportation to a doctor and uh, home health aid every couple of months or whatever it might be. They don't have those needs, but they have other needs. They have the need to be social with potential with friends, or they have the need to meet new friends in their age group that might be in, be in similar circumstances. So. Because we can, we sort of can own that experience uh, for our residents and we can help them understand what's available and what's out there, we can really curate that experience for a 55 year old just as easily as we can curate the experience for an 85 year old that then might need some home care or that might need some help with grocery shopping or might need an accompanying transportation to a doctor's office. So um, we can provide, we, what we, the way we look at ourselves is sort of a platform for providing the baseline, the basics and because we've, Um, segmented services and activities and events from the real estate piece, we can provide a much lower cost basis to people coming into this type of environment. So our bedrooms, as an example, started $1,500 a month where the average facility starts at $4,500 a month where we're located. And so because we can provide that flexibility, because services can be separated from real estate, from the actual roof over your head. Um, we can then tailor these experiences based on the needs and the desires of our of our residents, whether they're 55 or whether they're 85.
0: Yeah. Very good, Jake. Well, if you don't mind, how can people find you?
1: Sure. Uh, so people can find us at our website, primarily www.upsidehome, that's H-O-M without an E dot com. Um, we are located in downtown Fort Lauderdale. It's our corporate headquarters. We're operating right now in the three counties in South Florida with expansion plans throughout the state and up through uh, the Northeast at, by the beginning of the year. Um, our office line is 954-892-6119. And my email address, uh, feel free to email me.
0: Uh, this is jake at joinupside.com. Very good. Uh, this webinar will be on our YouTube page. Uh, just type in uh, knowledgeable aging, we encourage you to subscribe. We're updating uh, our YouTube page with three, two to three webinars per week. Um, we also can find us on uh, our podcast that's either on Spotify, Apple Tunes, et cetera. Um, till next time, I'm your host, Jason Kotar, and this is Knowledgeable Aging.